Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey. How you guys doing? You guys all right over there? All right, hey, we're going to invite our, our ushers to come forward so we can give an offering together. This is for any of you that consider this place to be home and you are um, committing to an act of obedience to just giving toward the kingdom of God. Um, let's pray about that. God, thank you for this place. Thank you for a time of worship like that together. Uh, just as a reminder of, of who we are in Christ and who you are, that uh, this, is, um, this is a time for us to, to get back together and recognize that there is more going on than, than just what we see. There's more going on than what we're, we're knowing on the surface, that there are supernatural things taking place. And God, we want to see more of your activity um, we want to see more of um, your hand moving to transform people and fix things that need to be fixed and love people that need to be loved and uh, just fill the needs of your people. So we say, come Holy Spirit, we give you this offering. Pray that you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, they're going to pass those things along. And hey, one of the things uh, before we jump into it is uh, a couple weeks ago, we did our baptism services and our baptism service, a ton of people were baptized and we do have uh, some baptism certificates that are ready for you to pick up. If you were baptized that Sunday, um, we have one of these ready for you. And uh, you can pick that up out in the lobby at the Connections desk. So grab your baptism certificate. I believe they're still working on the, um, you know, the child dedication certificate. So those will be coming soon. But uh, we're going to jump into it and see where things go. You guys, you guys cool with that? You guys awake today? All right. All right. This thing's going to be too short for me. This, one, this entire music stand is like a, a thing that's just waiting to make a fool out of me. And what it doesn't know is this time I know it. I know this is the one. It only gets this tall. As soon as I touch it, it's going to fall apart. I look stupid. Not again, this. Not again, music stand. You're, you're out of here. All right, I'm taking you. Okay. Okay, so uh, yesterday, yesterday, um, my youngest daughter, Claire, had a soccer game. Uh, she is super pro at soccer. Uh, she's very good, and it's exciting. Her team is really good. They are undefeated. Um, I don't even know what to do with myself with, like, this might be the one. This might be the kid that ends up, like, earning me money. You know what I <laughs> Like, isn't that every parent's dream? Like, come on, i got to get one rich one. Like, one that just pays off the house. Man, I'll be in that, react, that reaction video when you bring me the thing you paid off my house. I'll be like, oh, 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 oh you're the best. 
Anyway, sorry, sidetracked. Uh, anyways, um, soccer game. Yesterday, uh, my wife could not be there. My wife is the, the one who's the number one fan. And uh, we've been with this group of girls on the soccer team for a few years now. And so our kids all play together, and uh, we just have a lot of fun joking with the other parents and, and things like that. But uh, on her, my daughter's soccer team, all of the moms have these shirts that are made up that are custom, and they super colorful shirts that say, it says Claire's Mama on it. And it's got a soccer ball that's shaped like a heart, though, and like a bunch of stuff. And it's very, uh, here's what I'm going to say. Um, it's, uh, it, it's <laughs> like, it's not a manly shirt. <laughs> but I wore it yesterday. <laughs> um, and my wife was just laughing. I'm putting it on in the morning because we just, we thought, all right, our daughter's going to think this is funny. When I, when I whip this thing out with all the other moms, and the other moms are going to think it's funny. And so, and they did. We, we, I take this thing off, and they're just crying, laughing, and we can't stop joking about things. But uh, boy, there's, um, there's, there's a dad that is on the team that, um, let's, I might get in a fight with this man at some point. Um, he's hard. He's an EGR that we've talked about, extra grace required. And let's say what was happening yesterday is, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a joke, and it was one of those things where this is funny, haha, my daughter laughs, and then um, I have to realize I'm out for like five more hours <laughs> with this shirt on, <laughs> um, and lots of people are looking at, it's very obvious this is not a shirt that I'm supposed to be wearing. Anyways, um, this guy on the team, one of the dads, he is just glaring at me. He hates that I am wearing this shirt. Yes, he just hates it. I keep like, I see him out of the corner of my eye, and he is just like, he's gritting his teeth. He, he hates me for what I have done. This joke has put him over the edge. And so, uh, it, after, right after the game is over, it's one of those things where I see him kind of walking towards me, and I'm wondering if he's going to say anything snotty. And so he says, oh, let me guess. You got different pronouns now. What am I supposed to call you? It, which would have been good if it was a joke, but he wasn't joking really. He was like serious. He's like... And uh, so the thing that, um, that we're going to talk about today is uh, you need to stop being offended. You need to stop being offended. I need to stop being offended. The thing that rose up in me when he came at me is I'm recognizing that I have offended him somehow with what I've done. And uh, he's offending me now with what he's saying. And I'm, getting, I'm starting to get riled up and my heart is starting to beat faster and you start getting that thing where you notice that your hands are kind of shaking and they won't stop being in fists. Anybody else? Ever? 
And I'm noticing that, I'm like, well, what the heck? I'm wanting this guy to not be offended by what's going on, but I'm being offended by what he said. I'm just as easily offended. One of the things I've seen lately with Christians is that we might be the current um, most easily offended group of people. Not all of us, but some of us are very offendable. We are very offendable and we're very... Um, you, have to, you have to treat us with, with like kid gloves, right? You have to walk on eggshells around us. You have to, what happens in my office constantly when we're doing any kind of counseling session uh, is somebody will drop a sugar honey iced tea comment. You guys know what that acronym stands for? You guys, sugar honey iced tea. They'll say a certain word. And, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't believe I cussed in front of you. I can't believe I cussed. I'm so sorry. And they're, uh, they're super worried about offending me. And uh, if sometimes I, I get into it, and a lot of times I just ignore it. But here's what you need to know. We as Christians need to be the least offendable human beings on planet Earth. We need to be the group of people who's able to walk through the fire and the flames of hell and come through on the other side with people and not get boo-boos because the words that people said. We have to be that people. And, uh, like, th this really, it, I mean, it is just, I believe this so fully that we are the people who you should be able to say the most heinous things around because I've had things confessed to me when we finally got down to it and people finally fessed up and they, they took off their mask and they got real and I had to pry it out of them and they were faking and faking and faking and faking and finally they told me about the rape that took place. Finally, they, took a, they, they admitted the, um, you know, the abuse that went on. Finally, they admitted to uh, whatever kind of thing that a lot of people honestly right now think that is too, that, that's, that's not the kind of thing that you can say to Christian people. They're going to be, they're going to freak out if they hear that. That is bull crap. We need to be the most unoffendable people on planet earth. The most unoffendable. That if we really love Jesus, then we would recognize that he was the guy who walked around and was able to handle anything that people brought, any sin, any injustice, anything that he was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is Jesus himself. If you're like worried about, what if he accidentally said the S word in front of him? Would Jesus say, oh my, you are out? No, I blew it. I said a bad word, I offended Jesus. Not really. No, he was pretty unoffendable. Pretty unoffendable. Things happen where, um, you know, maybe you get criticized at work or at church or, you know, you're here right now hearing a, a sermon or a message or what, whatever you want to call this that I'm, that I'm doing right now. Or you see somebody's outfit um, my daughter's in, in high school at Colerain, and the, so many of the girls right now, they're getting, like, 
they get dress code violations constantly, and it's this dance they're doing. They're like, well, how high can I go up this way? How low can I go down this way? I want like the smallest amount of clothing. I just want one little tube that covers, and what, how do I not violate, what are the, how do I not, and we're kind of dancing around this, um, just, being a, just being offended by certain things. Um, see, the thing is, Jesus talked to a woman at the well who we know um, was promiscuous. We know had a past. We know, I'm guessing, maybe she was dressed a certain way. Maybe she would have got dress code violated, like violation given to her, dress code uh, infraction for the time. And Jesus didn't say, oh, no, that's too, I can't, I can't talk with her. Today's message is called Stop Being Offended. James chapter 1. Let's start there, okay? James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Brothers and sisters, Take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You ever uh, talk with someone who you know they're just, like, they're, they're just waiting to be able to respond, they just can't wait for them to be able to say their part, um, like that they're not, they're not even hearing what you're saying at all, they're just, they're waiting for their turn to blah, blah, blah. and like they're not being quick to listen they're being quick to speak. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. How do you guys do with this kind of thing? <laughs> Thanks for the honesty. Jesus was asked um, questions directly 183 times by people, disciples or the religious people of the time, uh, some good people, some bad people, some who loved Jesus, some who were trying to trap him. But Jesus was asked 183 direct questions. Like, Jesus, what do you think about this? What is the ruling on this? How do you feel about this? Jesus only answered three of those questions directly of the 183. Uh, he actually went on to ask 307 more questions in return. So they asked 183. He's like, Here's what I'll give you. Two more back. Two more questions. Uh, this was where Jesus was just being quick to listen and slow to speak. And slow. He wasn't just like wanting to jump in. He was asking more questions to get them to, to own it more, to dig deeper into it, to, uh, to, talk, to understand where they were coming from, and to be slow to anger, slow to be offended. Um, maybe listening to where he could have his mind changed about something. Maybe it was slow so that um, he could figure out how to best, um, you know, draw gold out of these people. Certain things offend us like crazy that make no sense. Some people, it's traffic. Um, for others of us, it's like when we're waiting for somebody to respond to a text message, and we see those three little bubbles come up, but then nothing, and you're like, no! What am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? Come on. Finish it. I need the answer. 
Some of us, it's talking in a movie or over a movie, uh, taking a call during certain things, staring at your phone during a meal, whatever it is, and it just, it can drive you crazy. We can be easily angered. We can be, um, you know, just not quick to listen, not slow to speak, not slow to get angry. Here's what I wanted to bring up today, is that a lot of you who are in this room, this is hard to admit, you love being angry. You love being angry. You love it. Like, and you might not love uh, the thing that made you angry, but you love being angry. You love being angry. Uh, this is one of those hard things of, do I really want to fess up to this? Like, I love being angry. Because when I'm, when I'm angry about something that has you know, made me angry, <laughs> what it means is that uh, I feel morally superior to them. If I'm angry about something, it means I'm right and they're wrong, right? How did they not get this? How are they so stupid? How are they not smart like I am? How do they not see the right answer? When we feel angry, we feel morally superior. When we're in the right, everyone else, they're either evil or they're an idiot or they're lost or they're broken or they're uh, being controlled by Satan or they're living under lies or they're this or this, right? Some of us are in um, small groups here, like we would call it a life group. Some of you are in anger groups here at this church. You're in anger groups where you get together and you spout off about garbage in angry rants. How effective is that particular anger? Because some of it can be good. Sometimes it's good anger. We've been talking recently about, you know, the injustice that, that angers God and those things that are holy to be angry about, those holy discontents where it is right and true and good for us to be angry about something, but for some of us, we just like being angry about little stuff, little stuff that we, we're getting offended easier than ever before. It's got to stop. It's, where's it going to go? At some point, we're not going to be able to go outside. We're not going to be able to read Twitter. We're not going to be able to read Instagram. We're not gonna, you won't be able to do anything unless you sign a waiver. Called a wussy waiver. <laughs> Sign it. Verse 19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Further on in verse 20, it says, because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. Because human anger doesn't produce righteousness that God desires. Be slow to anger because that human anger that you're used to, you know, building up, <laughs> that doesn't actually do anything for the kingdom of God. It doesn't do anything to make the world better. It doesn't do anything to make your world better. Human anger over those little small offenses, or even over major betrayals, not just over small stuff. Some of it's huge. Some of you in this room have had monster truck size humongous horrible pain that is 
is just so hard. And uh, so to hear something about your anger there, that it doesn't, maybe it doesn't produce um, the righteousness that God desires, you're like, I don't care. I don't care what it produces. I'm angry about what happened. I'm mad. But is your anger a righteous anger? Is it an anger over sin? Or is it an anger over someone else's sin? Because maybe that's your, maybe that's your road in. Maybe that anger that you can't let go of, maybe it's over someone else's sin, and you're just so angry. How about stop pointing it at that person and start pointing it at the sin? Instead of criticizing somebody for their foul language or whatever it is, recognize maybe that you're, you're, maybe you're, maybe you're ignoring your own spiritual pride that you have going on. Um, I've let some things slip on the stage before, and I've gotten in trouble for things that I planned and wrote down. You know, it's, it's typed out. I, I went over it eight times. I made the decision. I said penis. Then somebody says, you know, you don't have to, why would you have to say that? Here's the thing. Have you read the Bible? That Bible is full of some heinous, crazy stories that you are going to be so offended by if you can't handle the word penis. We need to be the most unoffendable people in the world. And we need to not be a group of people who are now babyfied because we're Christians. <laughs> so is your, is your anger... Effective? Is it helping to make the world better? Is it changing people's minds? Is it bringing more joy or more peace or more happiness, more love? And so this is where we, we have to decide a lot of times with our anger. Do we want to make a point with a person or a situation? Do we want to make a point or do we want to make a difference? Do we want to make a point or do we want to make a difference? Uh, Jesus replies, this is in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love the neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. You don't have to be angry to do that. You can just love them as you love yourself. Jesus didn't call us to be right, he called us to be loving. You ever heard that um, definition of uh, what tact is with a person? If you're trying to talk to someone you're having trouble with, tact is the art of making a point without making an enemy, like being able to make a point without making them feel stupid or making them feel less or making them feel judged. This is the thing that Jesus was calling us into, calling us to be loving. As disciples of Jesus, how do we do battle against these forces of darkness that are active in the world today? How do we do battle against demons? How do we do battle against the way that we do battle against those things is we, you know, we take on the authority that we've been given in Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, he said, I am giving my authority to you because I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving this earth for the time being, but don't worry. I leave you with my Holy Spirit and all the authority in heaven and on earth is on you. You now have the ability. You don't have to be afraid of the dark anymore. The dark is afraid of you, basically. 
And so if you're ever feeling like, I'm afraid of the dark, I'm afraid of spiritual forces, I'm afraid of whatever it is, you just have any kind of fear going on, just to remember that you don't have to be afraid of the dark. The dark is, is shaking. It's shaking in your presence. It's afraid of you. It looks at you. It sees the face of Jesus and the blood that he spilled on the cross. The darkness recognizes it has to follow what you say. It is under your law and your authority, and so the darkness has to bow down to you. Let's be a people who's not afraid of the dark anymore. I know that sounds weird, but if you're walking to your car and you get that heebie-jeebie, I haven't had the heebie-jeebies feeling in about 12 years. I used to have it all the time, and I hated it because I was afraid of some invisible thing. I was afraid of a demon. I was afraid of a, a boogeyman. I was afraid of a whatever. Guys aren't supposed to admit this stuff, right? But I was. I, was, I, I would run with my keys. And at some point, all this, it, it clicked, and I owned it and recognized what my authority in Christ is and that I don't have to be afraid of the dark. The dark has to be afraid of me. And so I don't have to be offended by anything that a spiritual force of evil is up to. Um, I'm in, in charge. How do we learn to let go of anger or things that are offending us, even big or small? How do we let go of those things? Some of you in this room, um, I just, this sounds funny because it's, it's not... It's not what I would usually say. Some of you in this room, though, you need to lower your expectations of other people. You are too judgmental. You are too, you're too offendable. And you get upset by anything that people do. And if they, if they don't do something the way that you want them to, then you write them off. Some of you need to lower your expectations of others if you want to experience the thing that Jesus has for you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, People will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be boastful. They'll be proud. They'll be abusive. People will be disobedient to their parents. Can you believe it? They'll be ungrateful. They'll be unholy. They'll be without... Welcome to Vineyard Westside. Is, your, is this your first week? Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Hey, people will be ungrateful, unholy. They'll be without love. They will be unforgiving. They'll be slanderous. They will be without self-control. They'll be brutal. People will be not lovers of the good. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is what the Bible says people will be, and we go out and we see people, and we go, oh, they're terrible. I'm offended. Bible says you don't need to be offended. We told you what they were going to be like. Like, we said it. We wrote it many times. You don't need to be shocked by people's sin. Instead, you need to recognize that that's because people aren't perfect. You're not perfect. They're not perfect either. They'll let you down just like you'll let somebody else down. Just like you've let God down, they've let him down. And just like he 
accepted you and had his arms wide open and ready. Whenever you were ready, he was there waiting for that hug. He was like, you didn't have to talk him into a hug. You didn't have to hug God when he was standing there with his arms down and like warm him up to it. You know, you came back to him and he's the one that grabs a hold of you and lifts you off the ground and just shakes back and forth. Jesus was never shocked by people's self-centeredness or their foolishness or their, or their just being a jerk overall. He was never shocked by that. Jesus talks with a woman who's married five times. And he's not shocked by her story. He's not offended by her. He doesn't judge her. He gives her the absolute truth and tells her to go in the grace of God. But he doesn't judge her. I don't know, I don't know how I'm so out of time. i got to close this up. Let's go here. You have to lower your expectations of other people, some of you. Some of you are, you're just, man, you just, nobody's good enough for you. You can't be like that. So you might have to lower your expectations of people. The second thing, you might have to raise your gratitude for God's grace. That, would you guys raise your hand if you've ever sinned? Anybody in this room? Uh, Would you raise your hand if you deserve God's love? That's like, what? wait, am I, do I deserve, do I? We don't, we don't have to wonder if we deserve it or not. We've been made worthy of it. We've been made worthy of it. And so uh, if you've lied or you've cheated or you looked lustfully at something or you envied or you gossiped or you hurt a friend or you farted in an elevator, like, and which is not sin, but I mean, come on, it's pretty, cl- I mean, it's pretty close. Some things that aren't sin are horrible. Ephesians chapter 2 says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's not anything that you've done to make this happen. It's by the grace of God that you've been saved, and it's through faith. It's through making that decision. I believe that you died on a cross for me. I believe that it was for my salvation, for the sins of the world. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you were raised to life three days later. I believe this is, you are saved through faith. You might be the person who's holding a stone right now. And uh, if you're being offended by everything that is going on, um, you know, I, I, I was, I was offended at a soccer game yesterday and felt it rising up in me, and I had to make a decision to quit feeding the anger and quit playing the I'm right and they're wrong and my anger's... 
and you just got to drop the stone. I want to throw the stone, but you got to drop the stone. Jesus didn't call us to be right. He called us to be loving. Our goal isn't to make a point. It's to make a difference. We'll um, dig into another part of this next week. Uh, what I'm inviting you to do this week is to, um, is to look in the mirror and recognize if, um, if you're a person who's being offended all the time right now. Are you, and a lot of us, we would say, no, that that's the snowflake thing. What I'm seeing is anybody who calls people snowflakes, you're offended all the time. You are offended all the time. I'm going to have you sign the wussy waiver. <laughs> like, oh, these snowflakes. Are, but it's, a, it's somebody who's offended by everything on the other side of the coin. Christians are supposed to be the most unoffendable people in the world. That we can walk through fire and flames. We can grab somebody's hand and walk them out of hell. And we don't have to be, oh, you hurt my ears with your naughty word. You guys with me? Lord Jesus, I'm praying for this group of people in this room that we would be just walking in authority that's been given to us, that we wouldn't be offended by these things that just, man, they, they're, they're taking us off of the mission. I'm just thinking about the enemy right now. I'm thinking about Satan and his tactics and what he's up to. I'm thinking about uh, side missions that he puts in place for us to distract us and to get us off of what's really important. I'm thinking about pronouns and she, her, his, him, this kind of stuff and how we're getting sidetracked off of what it is that you want us to do. And we're getting offended by things and we're getting wrapped up in stuff that we don't need to be wrapped up in. God, we just pray that you would make us unoffendable except for the things that offend you. God, that you would line our hearts up with the things that, the things that break your heart, that we would break over it, we would be angry over it, we would be given that righteous anger, the things that are not right in the world, that are not good, that are not true, that those things would make us angry and you would give us a drive to help right those things. Help us to be strong and courageous. I don't want to be a wimpy group of people, Lord. Strong and courageous for the kingdom. Unoffendable. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I would love to see you uh, soon. If you want prayer for anything, we'll, we would love to pray for you over here um, by the cross. Hey, anybody, before you guys leave, just real quick, if you know Christine Felchner who goes to church here, um, she really needs your prayer right now. It's just a lady that I love so much. She's a part of our prayer team. She's a part of so many different things we do here, and she has just been going through hell. And so she got COVID, she's sick with multiple different things going on, um, and she's currently in the hospital and needs us to be praying for her. Chris Felchner, um, so we lift her up to you as well, Lord, and just pray that you would heal her in Jesus' name. Amen.
For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.